Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse 8. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse 8 and Kate will break it down for you now. So I would like to declare this an evening of successes. Oh, yeah. Subsequent successes. One right after the other. Right after the other, folks. Let me tell you a little something about what happened before we sat down to do the podcast today. Uh, Let's see. I came over early so we could get a Christmas tree. Kate, do we have a Christmas tree? We don't have a Christmas tree. Why don't we have a Christmas tree, Kate? Because they close at 8, and we got there at 8.01. That's right. We got there at 8.01 because we spent a good 10 minutes unscrewing the parts of the tree stand in your home so that that the tree would fit. Yeah. Yeah, that was was totally worth it, by the way. (laughs) It was totally worth it. Then we come in here to do the podcast, and you had a lovely tall glass of lemonade. Yes, I did. Tis the season, as they say. (laughs) And uh, and what happened to, to that lovely glass of lemonade, Kate? I promptly knocked it over, <laughs> broke the glass, spilled the lemonade all over wires and the floor. Yeah. And now I'm just sad and thirsty. Well, I'm just glad it wasn't me, because it usually would be me. Here's and the thing. uh, for once it wasn't. Things come in threes, so I'm just waiting. <laughs> it's like, like the microphone just catches on fire spontaneously you know, I in the surprised. middle of the podcast. Let's be, just... Oh, yeah, so like the cat is suddenly demonically possessed and starts trying to enter its own commentary into the podcast. Or it's going to be something with the book that's just going to be a massive failure. Hmm. Well, it's never happened before, but... It could happen today. Maybe, like, I really want it to be a great book, or I'm really excited about the title or the cover sure. or something, and then I'm just. You ever, let you ever down. heard the term self fulfilling prophecy, Missy? Maybe. Yeah, let's not have that. Okay. But, so let me give you. I'm not going to tell you what the book is is yet. I'm going to give you a little, uh, little, little information on, on something else. Now, this book came out and. 1984. The book we're doing. The book we're doing. Came out in 1984. The year I was born. The year you... I was getting to that. I had oh. a whole build-up to oh, that. Oh, I'm sorry. Fine. I'm, I'm still going to do it. I'm going to uh, pretend you didn't say that. Okay. Come with me back in time to the year 1984, when a movie ticket was $2.50. Jeez. You could get a gallon of gas for $1.10. The rent, the average monthly rent, this is what kills me, $350. And a pound of bacon was $169. I have no Gross. idea how that yeah, I I even no idea. compares today. And Kate Ramsey was born. I was. In 1984, which was also the year that this particular book came out. Uh-huh. So I'm going to pull this book out. The book from the year of your birth. You can't even read it. So the title is Mysteries of Harris Burdick by Chris Van Allsburg. Now, Chris Van Allsburg. Why do we Why do we know that name? Uh, Michigan Polar Express. Polar Express. Very good. I'm not sure the Michigan came in there. He's from Michigan. Is he? Yeah. Oh, good for him. Like Grand Oh, that's right. We even determined that. So about a year ago, we did Polar Express, and this book does not have. Thinking about it, thinking about it. No, it does not have any uh, holiday cheer within its pages, 
but it is, I would say, one of his better known books. I actually used it um, with a bunch of teenagers this summer, but we'll, we'll get into that. Wait, we're doing a non-holiday book? It's not even December when we're recording this. We can I was going to say, it comes out in December. Yes, yes, yes. We'll begin with a non-holiday one, and then we'll... I'm easing us into it. See, this is a guy who did Polar Express. Now I'm easing you into other Not even in topics. color. This is like a dreary book. You have judged so much on the cover. Yeah, because it's in... You have no idea what's inside. It's like graphite... It's That's what he does. In fact, Polar Express is weird that he was in color. Usually he works in pencil like this. Yeah. Anyway, you'll love it. You can't possibly be disappointed in it. I, I assure you. I assure you. While Kate does her read, I'll give you a little uh, background information on the book, which you might not get otherwise. Yeah, that's a lie, because I'm looking at my sheet where it says... I actually, on this sheet, I always write my script out. And on the script it says, During Kate's Read, semicolon. And that's where I'm supposed to write in the part where I do this bit. Uh, I left it blank. But I do have a little bit after it, a little, a little philosophizing. So, oh, you lucky dogs, you get to hear it yourselves. So here's my take on this book, to a certain extent. The book begins, if you are familiar with it, with a false premise. It's telling the reader a story that is not true. And it's sort of a mix of fact and fiction, but it's pretty fictional, but it sounds very factual. Is there, I ask you, any other picture book out there that causes kids to doubt what they've been told more than this one does? In this era of news that we cannot always rely upon, uh, an internet where not everything we read is true, isn't there some value, I would argue, having a book that sets up a false premise and forces the child reader to make a decision as to whether or not it is correct or incorrect? Just a thought. Backy back, 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 back. Kid is back, back, back. Not the front. Not the front. <laughs> Not the side. Could be the rear. Could be the rear, but <laughs> certainly the back. <laughs> certainly the back. Hello. Hello, you're back. What's up? So, this is weird. Yeah. But I like weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm confused, though. This is what I think I think of when I think of Chris Van Allsburg. Like, this tone, this mood, this okay, feeling. Well, we gotta start from the beginning. Yeah, let's because... explain why you find... what. Well, what is the first weird thing about this book? Is... Okay, so... Chris ran into... Or knew this old children's book publisher. Right. Who said... This A children's book editor named Peter Wenders. Yeah, and Peter had this guy come to his office named Harris Burdick... Mm who said he had written 14 stories and had drawn pictures for each. Mm -hmm. And Peter saw one of the pictures and was interested, and he said, well, I'll come back the next day and let me see your drawings. So Harris comes back, gives him these drawings, but then he never returns. Mm -hmm. He's never heard from again, and there's no stories that were given to Peter by Harris of, like, you know, for each picture. So right. It's just and each a, picture has, like, a caption, but... Right, each one has, like, not a, a title. Book. Yeah, but it doesn't have a... It has a title and it has a caption, right? It just has a... Well, here's what I thought. It's just... Well, it says, Burdick had written 
a title and caption for each picture. Okay, yeah. Mm. So, did Chris Van Allsburg redraw the drawings by Harris? So, no. Uh, this is all a lie, as far as I can tell. Uh, there is no children's book editor named Peter Wenders. There was never anyone named Harris Burdick. That's what? just the premise. That's the premise of the book, but that is not... Now, here's where it gets weird, because, like, that wasn't weird enough. Here's where it gets weirder. If you look at the Wikipedia entry of this book, it starts out with this story. And I'm like, yeah, I know this. And it says, in 1984, Chris Van Allsburg visited Wender's office, and Wender's showed him Burdick's drawings. Van Allsburg decided that if he were to publish the drawings, they might find out who Harris Burdick was. Okay, this much we know. But then the Wikipedia entry goes on. It says, Then in 1993, a dealer in antique books told them that he had purchased an entire library that had previously belonged to a recently deceased woman, including an antique mirror with portraits of characters from Through the Looking Glass. The mirror fell from the wall and cracked open. Neatly concealed between the wooden frame and the mirror was an image similar to Burdick's other works, its caption identified it as being from the Burdick story, Missing in Venice. As stated on the Burdick website, Peter Wenders died in 2000 at the age of 91. None of this is true, mind you. And I don't know where this post-publication, remember this book came out in 1984, I don't know where this 1993 business comes from. That is very strange to me. So it's a lie with a Wikipedia page with more lies. Yes. Yes. Now, if you go to the website, because there is kind of a website for it, um, and I'll explain why that is in a bit, Lemony Snicket has a long piece on, on Harris Burdick, which makes sense because there is no Lemony Snicket, so who better to talk about Harris Burdick than, the orig- you know, than another guy who doesn't really exist. So, there you go. I... Man, why'd you tell me that? I'm sorry. Is this is like, is this the equivalent of uh, revealing the ending of Polar Express to you and why it couldn't happen? <laughs> I'm trying to be vague here. What? For wait, wait, oh no! What? What oh boy, we're having a hard time. Okay. Uh, I hear the bells, Betsy. Oh, she can hear the bells. No, I, I just was, I was very confused, and then I was like, okay, if he's redrawing someone else's drawings. What if it got a Caldecott? Who would get the honor? Would oh, it be right, the original exactly. guy? Or would it be the guy who redid the... Like, I just... It would be ineligible, I believe. If you redraw someone's art um, that is not considered original art, and therefore you cannot win a Caldecott. Oh. So, there's that. But this didn't win a damn thing, by the way. So. But this is apparently original. Yeah, this is all original. Yeah. So, but I... I skipped over the part where it said Burdick had written a title and caption for each picture. Right. I thought he just wrote the title uh-huh. and then Chris oh. added the, the caption. That would have been maybe a more... I don't know. I kind of like it the way it is, actually. I was going to say it would be more interesting, but I, I I actually like it the way it's presented at this point. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's So in, each picture has a caption and a title. Right. Um, and each picture appears to be from a different story from the yeah, previous I re- one. Yeah, I, when I was reading this, I was I was trying to, like, tie them together. That's interesting. And then I was like, oh, wait. You... It can't be done. I mean, I mean, you could. I'm sure there's some enterprising kid out there who has connected well, every single one in a, in a great novel. By the third one, I was like, okay, this is not, this is, the, these are not related to each other, but 
Um, I guess they could be. It would take them some stretching, but you you could, but... You'd need more words. You'd need a little, a couple. <laughs> one or two more words. One or two. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting because, like, you see this drawing. Mm-hmm. You see the title, like, A Strange Day in July. Mm-hmm. And then I thought Chris looked at the drawing... He looked at the title, and then he came up with this caption. And what is the caption on that one? He threw with all of his might, but the third stone came skipping back. That's a good one. That's my... That's a good one. So I, I like that I one. picked my top three, and mm-hmm. this was one of them. Oh, good. What were the other two? Um, the second one is... It's the cover. Yeah, it's the cover. Yeah. Another Place, Another Time, where it's I kind of got like some Harry Potter vibes off of it. Because it's like a hand car. Yeah, it's a hand car with a sail mm-hmm. for some reason. And then it's these four, I'm assuming they're four kids. I can't really tell the fourth one. But yeah. definitely, well, maybe it's, maybe it's two kids and two adults. But you definitely see the two kids prominently. And mm-hmm. the caption is, if there was an answer, he'd find it there. And off in the distance, it kind of looks like Hogwarts. Yeah, it does. There's a, so like a castle like, thing, yeah. Okay, all right. Get mm-hmm. a little... Little Harry Potter vibe, and then the last one that I like, which is just you—you you could have made it more creepy, I mm-hmm. think, but um, it's—it's it's not. It's called the Seven Chairs. Oh, I love the Seven Chairs. And the and the caption is the fifth one ended up in France. And what is it a picture of? It's a picture of two card. They're cardinals, right? I will say yes. Um, looking at a nun who is sitting in a chair that is floating. In Good ten feet. At, at least, and maybe fifteen. Yeah, fifteen up, yeah. feet up in the air mm-hmm. with these like stained glass windows all around them because they're in a church. Mm-hmm. And you could have made this like super creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's subtle. He really holds back. He doesn't. He likes putting the little detail that you might not notice on a first read. For example, there's one story that I particularly like in here called Captain Tory. And Captain Tory... That Torrey, was my number four. That was your number four. Yeah, Captain Tory, which is, he swung his lantern three times and slowly the schooner appeared. And if you look at the image, it looks like just a man with a boy, but the way he's holding the boy's arm, he's holding the upper arm. It's definitely a grip and that is to the keep the boy... The from, yeah, it's the back of the upper arm. And it is a you-will-not-be-getting-away grip. So there's clearly a story here. Mm-hmm. We, just, we just don't know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And the art is, you know, so did you find it boring since it was not in color? No. Yeah. It's it's definitely not boring. It's not noir, but it's definitely, it's not noir, but it's definitely atmospheric. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. I've never seen a picture book like this before, and it's a very interesting concept. And I think it would be fun to do this, like, in a classroom where mm-hmm. you have every, every kid just write down a title. Mm-hmm. And then fold that paper in half so you can't see it, and then pass it to the next person. Mm-hmm. And then that person has to write a caption, mm-hmm. and then fold the paper again. Oh, that's and a then fun way Pass to do it, it down, yeah. and then the third person can read both the title and, or maybe he'll just draw something random. Mm-hmm. And then you know, at the end, then everyone could see, you know. How and then you have to write a story based on. The three things. That would be very interesting. That would be a good way of writing it. I do, I do believe. This book is a number one writing prompt book in kids' writing classes and everything. In fact, I used this this summer, actually. My library, because I've written books for kids, um, asked me to teach a class, a six-week class, to teenagers on how to write. 
I've never taught a class a day in my life. I don't consider myself a very good teacher, in fact. And so the only way I could get through it was I decided that each class would be a different writing advice book and that we would do stuff like based on that book for each different class. And one of the weeks was The Mysteries of Harris Burdick. Because um, I figured, okay, this is the writing prompt book of all time. We're, we're going to go with that. Hmm. Yeah. I don't like the title. You don't like The Mysteries of Harris Burdick? It's not very memorable, is it? It's not. Nope. It's actually kind of hard to remember. And something that makes it even more difficult to remember is this little book, which came out not long ago. Uh, what's the title of this one? The Chronicles of Harris Burdick. Yeah, so that's... By Chris Van Allsburg, again. Uh, well, the art is. But if you look on the sides, you'll see all these authors' names. And they, each one, took one of those pictures and wrote a full story for them. Huh. Which is fine. Um, some of them phoned it in. <laughs> so, you know, it's interesting. They Stephen King did one. Hmm. And Stephen King's wife. Did he do the nun one? Because that would be super creepy. No, he did the house. I think he did the house on Maple Street, which is the last one. Let me is double check that. Is that the one with that. the, that it's like, it's jets and it's Yeah, like... it's the one where the house appears to be taking off from the ground. Right, like, like a spaceship. It's kind of, you know... Chris Van Allsburg also did the book Zathura, which this is basically the premise of. Um, yeah, and it's not a very Stephen King... I would have thought he would have wanted something creepier. Yeah. Being Stephen King and all. I thought he would have done the nun one. That You can make that totally creepy. Yeah, the nun one is in here. I have absolutely no recollection of the story of the nun one. Some of these are stuck in my head forever. Um, in particular... There was one by M.T. Anderson, which was just, well, it says just desert. Um, and oh, it's the well, I, I was reading that, and I was like, I think it's supposed to be, like, desert, like, deserted, because uh, it can't right. be desert. You're right. It's and just, it can't be desert, oh, like, okay. food. You're right. It, I, that one caught me up. That's, you're right. I was like, how the heck? Well, the story plays that out, and it's a very Truman Show-esque story which i kind of liked um it, it's it's very it, it stays in your brain a long time as do the ones that i think don't work uh so remember that that one that we liked the one called captain tory yeah with the swinging yeah. light yeah. apparently lewis satcher who wrote holes he did the story for that apparently he didn't notice the whole grabbing the upper arm or if he did notice it he didn't care because it has nothing to do with that it's like a kindly ghost of a sea captain type story it's very boring so, not pleased with that one. But a lot of them are very fun. Uh, so I highly recommend, if anybody wants to, they can they can see it for themselves. The Chronicles. Of but it's called The Chronicles of Harris Burdick, as opposed yeah. to The Mysteries of Harris Burdick. They are nowhere near each other in my library. One is in the fiction section, and one's in the picture book section, but still. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So the publisher created, as I mentioned before, this website um, where they have... All sorts of stuff for this book. So they have animations of what happens next for The Seven Chairs and Uninvited Guests. There were then two musical theater artists uh, who created songs that were inspired by some of the pictures. So you can hear songs for The House on Maple Street or Under the Rug. I really need to hear the song for Under the Rug because Under the Rug is freaking creepy. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we should have been doing this around Halloween. 
You think? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. There is a pumpkin that glows in it. Yeah. And there is a creature under a rug. And, and there is kind of a creepy... There's a, there's a floating well, there's gun. A, like, it's, it, there's, there's a different Chris Van Allsburg that I really want to do at Halloween. And so it didn't even occur to me that this could be a Halloween book. Uh, well, it's like Nightmare Before Christmas right now. <laughs> yeah! That's the spirit. <laughs> this is a Nightmare Before Christmas type book. This is Halloween. This Halloween, is Halloween. Um... We should take the show on the road. That was brilliant, <laughs> by the way. So the website also, I should say, uh, has tips for writers, teachers. It has educator guides. I wish I'd found that when I was teaching my writing class. And it has stories by kids. No idea how they chose these kids or decided which stories to put up, but they're there. So if you want to see stories from kids based on some of these pictures, go, go to it. And then in 2008, there was apparently a musical that went nowhere. But there was. There was a musical. And I don't even know how off, you would... Off, off, off Broadway? That was, yeah. Sort of in a gutter somewhere, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been where that was. So off that it was like in South Jersey. Yes. <laughs> that as far away as you could possibly get from, While from Broadway. While still counting it like... Oh, off, there you off, go. Off, yeah, off, that's true. Off, that's true. Off Broadway. It's in yeah. the Hudson somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. Ratings time. So I feel confident giving it a six. Yeah. I would say it's... Definitely over five, but one, I can't remember that title. It's not going to happen. <laughs> you can tell me a million times. I'm going to be like, yeah, it's that book. I think everyone just calls it Harris Burdick, honestly. I can't yeah. even remember that. Yeah. Like, I can remember mystery. Oh, all right. But it's as far as I got. Yeah. Mystery books. Mystery stories. The one with the sale on the cover. I will not even know if I'd remember that. Yeah. I don't know. It's the one with the different stories and the different captions. Right, right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah. So there's really not many other. So options. I can't call it a classic, in to like a ten. Right. But it's definitely fun and 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 it has different elements to it and it's interesting. It definitely catch, catches your attention. It's good for different ages. It's uh, it could be like an educational tool. So I yeah, I like that. Yep. Um, I'm I'm a little higher. I'm a seven point five. I like it very much. I think it is it has well it has worn well its classic status. Uh, you can use this in you can I remember reading it. I think I actually read it as a kid, just like and was really intrigued by it. Really enjoyed it for the possibilities of the different stories. I will be reading this to my own daughter, and we'll see. She doesn't tend to pick up on prompts, but maybe this book will make the difference. I don't but know. But it's disappointing though that it's all fake. Uh, yeah, so 7.5, and it's a classic! It's a classic! Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. It's a classic of a book, I don't remember the title. That's fine, you, you don't have to remember. Right now, all I you still have to remember. remember, it's called The Mysteries of Harris Burdick. It's part of the fact that you can't read it because it's kind of it's, faded on the cover. You can't have orange on gray. You can if it's a brighter orange, but this is kind of a rusty orange. Very difficult to read. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Like from this, I'm, I have just good eyesight, and I can't quite make out the mysteries of from yeah. this distance here. Yeah, just make it's a it bad white. font, and uh, it's not bright enough. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. So fail on the typography. <laughs> Two thumbs up on the book. All right. <laughs> Letters time. Oh. We didn't get a ton, but we did get a few. Stephanie, the third sister, uh, has been providing us with wombat fare. I assume you must have mentioned at some point that wombats poop square poop. Everyone poops. That's when I brought it up. Okay. Well, there you go. Well, there have been wombats in the news lately, and she keeps linking to them for us. Uh, and in fact, she even linked to this delightful uh, limerick, which I'm going to hand to you, and you're going to read. The wombat marsupial species 
contrives to make cubical feces. The poo is compressed in the creature's intestine, then packed into stackable pieces. <laughs> That's disgusting, Betsy. It is, but it works. <laughs> it works very well. Uh, so there you go. So thank you, Stephanie, uh, for that. <laughs> That was our that for was that, our for uh, that poo limerick. for that edutainment I will say <laughs> yes indeed educational and fun. Lark wrote in as well. Ah, Lark uh, is our first cousin. Yes, Lark the first cousin. She <laughs> she's worried she's getting too much airtime. Uh, well, stop being so darn interesting, Lark, and maybe we'll stop talking about you. I, I mean, know. you've already got the title of first cousin, so exactly. I think you're you're now part of the family. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're just gonna make it. If a... anyone else wants to write in and be part of our family, you're more than welcome <laughs> exactly. to. Exactly. They they do, but they don't do it as consistently. I have to say, it's a cons- consistency. I feel like Josh key. Funk is getting up there. He gets up there. He doesn't have one this week, but I am premiering his book trailer on my blog. Uh, for his newest picture book. So there you go. He's keeping busy. He's keeping busy. Anyway, Lark wrote in and she said, I just wanted you to know I am putting all of Kate's board game recommendations on my Amazon list immediately as she says them. My <laughs> recommendations to her are code names. Own it. Uh, she said, no, code names colon pictures? Uh, yeah. There okay. Is, yeah. All right. I don't own that one, but I own code And names. Betrayal at House on the Hill. Own it. Yeah, I know you do, because I think I've played that one I think you, my right? recommendations are... <laughs> they're, they're becoming few and far between, because I just own too many games now. I think that's fine. I mean... As the recipient of these games, who doesn't have to house them, <laughs> I think this is a fine plan. I mean, Pandemic is a me. great game. Like, own Pandemic, own Catan, mm-hmm. own Organ Attack... And then I have a uh, another one coming up as my, oh. my grown-up thing. Oh, okay. Well, I, I won't. I won't. Get, she continues, so oh, I'll, I'll oh, go I'm back sorry. to her letter. Uh, the next time in Chicago, I am in Chicago. Question mark. Question mark. I will take you both to dinner. Agreed. Aww. Agreed. I am. I am there. One condition: the next time you are in Denver, you have to tell me so I can take you out to dinner. Wait. Wait. She's gonna take us out to dinner. I think she just did a thing where she. Regardless of. Yeah. Dude, we get free dinners in two cities. I know. I think we have to go to Denver now. Okay I think because of the elevation, you get hungry when you go there. That's a thing, right? I have no Science. <laughs> and maybe we can play board games. Absolutely we can. Maybe. Uh, heck yeah. Oh, but she continues. Oh, was there a book? Oh, yes. Ironic story on the subject of William's doll. My husband is a William who grew up in the 70s. They would show the free-to-be-you-and-me videos at school, and he would get teased on the playground with the song from the video, William's got a doll, William's got a doll. These children apparently missed the entire point. There is no happy ending to this story, except perhaps to affirm that the book definitely needs an update. I will sign your petition. (laughs) Thank you, darling. That was it. It was just a two. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, but I do have one little extra thing. Uh... So last time, do you remember the last book that we did? Uh, Arrow to the Sun. Very good. It took me a second, but Very I got Very good. You actually, that's a, that would be a harder title for me to remember, I would say. Well, I we're mean, only I a week it. out. Ask me in like six months. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But um, so my daughter, uh, well, I come home, I, I, I finish, you know, posting the podcast all as well. And then I'm clearing out my daughter's backpack from, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday. And I pull out of her backpack... Uh, this worksheet, which was in there. Now, the worksheet shows, and actually says at the top, a Kachina doll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm like, oh, we just read a book with a Kachina doll. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And then it has on the side, you would color in the Kachina doll with these, I'm gonna be kind and call them blanket statements. 
Uh, yeah. Somewhat blanket statements. First of all, they say Indians. Yeah, first of all, they say Indians. Okay, so they say Indians did this. Well, uh, here's the key. Do you see the publication date on the bottom of that sheet? 1974. Yeah, what year did the Arrow to the Sun come out there? 1974, Missy. Oh. Same year, right? I don't know. Okay, so... Yeah, this uh, this worksheet keeps saying Indians liked to dance. Apparently. Indians like to do this. Yeah, and then you have to color. And then you have to color in what it is, and it's like dance. Indians yeah. use these to hunt bows and arrows. And I was like, oh, Indian rode in these on the rivers. Some Indians lived in these. Indians. Yeah, which is teepees. Indian by the way. people. Not even longhouses. Teepees. Yeah. Indian people grew this food. Indians hunted these animals for food and skins. Indian women made these from grass. Yeah. Baskets. So. And then you have to color each part of the yeah. doll to match the sentence right. about it. And then you can, but you can color the other parts as you like. <laughs> I like you looking at the silver lining of this because I certainly wasn't seeing it. Yeah. So this sheet, which came out four years before my own birth, was handed to my child in school in the 21st century and last week last yeah. week last week that's correct so yeah so, i uh so i contacted the teacher i did and i said yeah could you never hand out this sheet ever again i said it super nice and uh and she was apologetic and she said oh sorry i didn't really take a close look at it this was just a sheet i gave the kids who'd finished up their work and they needed something to do i was like wow great busy work there Lady, you should see the other side. The other side is uh, not great either, but it certainly doesn't hit the ranks of this side. So yeah. go to their, go to our Instagram page if you want to see this sheet. It's a little shocking that it's still in existence. Yeah, that's well, that's disappointing. It was, it was, because it's a nice teacher, and I was just a little baffled as to how Thanksgiving's awful. Yeah. <laughs> in elementary school, I'd like to think that it's really forward thinking these days. It's not. It's exactly what it was when we were kids. They're doing the exact same squanto. It's like, wow. Really? Yeah. Hmm. It's, and this is, I, you know, my town's not like the most progressive in the entire world, but it's, it's, it's definitely a college town. Hmm. And yeah, not much change. <sighs> so what are some grown up things we change. like, Kate? What do we like that's not this? Okay. Do you want... Uh, things to do in Hawaii, or do you want a game? I want a game because I'm not in Hawaii. Okay. Okay. So my game recommendation is, it's a board game, and it's called Azul. A-Z-U-L. Isn't that the bad guy in Ghostbusters? Bow before Zool. That's Zool. Oh, that's right. This is Azul. Oh, it's completely different. Very different. I will not Two be totally opening your refrigerator things. and seeing another portal. Thank you. To I don't want like eggs like boiling you know, themselves on the yeah, counter. Yeah, okay. Um, I just cleaned Rock up lemonade. Rock haircut though. You could pull off the I Zool. Did, I did think about ha- doing Halloween, it for Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. That would be great, but you have to get red contact lenses, and, and then you like put good. like bubbles or something. I don't know. Kind what's... of. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, sorry. Azul board game. Azul. Azul. A Z U L, and it's. It sounds super complicated to try and describe how you play it, but once you get through a round, it makes total sense. And it's a very strategic game. Ooh. It's all about patterns and colors. And it's for up to four people. And it's really 
fun to play. Like, and it's one of those games where if you lose, you don't hate the game. Yeah. You're like, I want to play this again. Let's let's try this again. And then as you keep playing, you you develop like, oh, maybe I should try this strategy. Maybe I should try this next time. Um, and it's you can play it multiple times and and not get tired, which is it's a fun game. Great. I look forward to playing it. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, I completely got my Zool quote wrong. I said bow before Zool. Um, that's actually bow before Zod from Superman. So I would like to apologize to you. Uh, apology. I know you noticed that. And you, yeah. And you were never going to forgive me. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, my grown-up thing I like. Okay. So I finally had a chance to watch some grown-up television, which is wonderful. Uh-huh. Which I rarely get to do. Did you watch Speechless yet? Not yet, not yet, because I was watching uh, the Flight of the Concords concert live in London. Now, when Flight of the Concords, are you familiar with the television show Flight of the Concords? Yes. Yes. When it first came out, I thought that wasn't that long ago, but apparently that like was... 10 years ago? More, even more, I think, than 10 years ago. It was a hmm. really long time ago that it came out, which means I'm ancient yes. and wise, Do I hope, it. but at least ancient. Yes, yeah. you're so decrepit. I'm yeah. very decrepit. <laughs> And uh, so they, you always have sort of this problem when you love something and then it goes on tour like 10 years later, 10 plus years later, and you're not sure if it's going to be good anymore. And it it's great. It is actually magnificent. They do do some old standards, but it's not a whole concert of old songs. They have a lot of new stuff. Uh, they have very funny, the very first song is the best uh, unreliable narrator song about this dad and his son. Um, and, and one of them is singing the son part, and one of them is singing the dad part. And it's it's just delightful. So and you watch this on Netflix? or This is on HBO. So if you have HBO, great. And if you don't have HBO, I'm terribly sorry. You need to find that friend who has HBO <laughs> and have them record it for you and give it to you on what... It's not like we can record on VHS tapes anymore. Just, just so, use your yeah. friend's login. Yeah, use your friend's login. <laughs> like every decent American does. <laughs> and uh, and they watch the uh, Fly of Concords live in London. It is magnificent. Cool. Yes. So we went from a, a, a horrendous night where one thing after another went wrong. Correct. I guess the third thing that went wrong was that I wanted this book to have to actually be real like i wanted it to yeah that could be it or it could be the fact that you have literally in the course of this barricaded your door <laughs> to keep your cat from who was bashing <sighs> with a i assume a cat-sized battering ram <laughs> to get into this room he's, he's a big fat fatty and i love him to death he's... folks she has taken her duvet from her bed and <laughs> wedged it between the door and her bed you didn't want to get out did you no, I, I, I mean, don't think I have just a stay choice. The night. There's a bed right here. Yeah, there so, is a bed right here, yeah. and there was liquid refreshment, but somehow well, it's you're all on your own. sticky on the floor. <laughs> all right, there you go. Well, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse Eight and Kate is a Fuse Number Eight production. You can reach us at fusekate eight at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at fuse underscore kate. You can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Givens Kime, and our in-house philosopher is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird and does not reflect the views of School Library Journal.